0: New York, New York. Well, they've just had their motor show. Let's reflect on what was on show at this particular event. And certainly to help me with that is Alan Zervis, a motoring journalist who joins me on the line now. Alan, uh, New York, what would you expect from a motor show there? You would think it'd be sort of
1: upmarket and trendy, but expensive? As I do with any, any um, motor show. There's lots and lots of cars that uh, people can't afford, and there's a lot of concepts on show. And there's a lot of money on show. And it costs the manufacturers an awful lot of money to participate.
0: But, of course, if you make the headlines, in Australia 15 years ago, it was the Monaro or something. You've made the headlines. If there was something that is d- distinctly new, you can really boom. But it's pretty hard to do that these days, I think.
1: It's like a fashion show, David. They, uh, you know, When people bring something out onto the catwalk, so to speak, it's not necessarily going to be something that's uh, ever going to be produced. There was a Monaro in the early days at a motor show a few years before the one that was produced uh, actually happened. And it was as a result of that motor show that uh, Holden decided to bring that, um, what was a two-door Commodore, into into life.
0: Let's have a look at a few of the cars. The Bugatti Chiron, it's... Um perhaps one of the most useless cars in the world in the sense that it'll do what 450 kilometers an hour no one's ever going to use that surely
1: well as i always say in my reviews you get to 110 in australia and you've got to take your foot off the accelerator and uh, very few people that spend uh, half a million or a million dollars on a car are actually ever going to drive it, let alone take it to a track.
0: Well, that's it, isn't it? It's like keeping cars in a garage. You do it because you love what it represents. But, you know, having a car that will do this, which will run flat out for 18 minutes before it runs out of fuel, it takes you $70,000 to replace the tyres. It's got four turbochargers and 16 cylinders. But it's like having a Saturn rocket in your backyard. It could start getting you to go to the moon, but you'll never use it.
1: No, and honestly, why would you want to? But I think the thing about if there was a person to buy that car, you can rest assured that there's going to be another dozen or so cars in uh, each of uh, 10 garages around the world. So it's not really going to worry them all that much.
0: I never thought it was a pretty car, although the nose... Well, the nose still has that horseshoe grille, which I think is ugly, but the lights on the side, now four little lights in a row, it's got almost a a look of the old Alpha 159 about it, which I thought was a good-looking car. It helps the Bugatti, but it doesn't make
1: it. Well, the horseshoe, that uh, horseshoe grille obviously is off a very, very old, you know, the Bugattis have been doing that since they have been Bugattis, but the headlights, they look like they're those... uh, those well, they're prismatic or whatever they are headlights that switch on and off um, sequentially uh, for high beam
0: these cars need huge amounts of air to get into them into the engines in the back this has now a curve on the side it looks like half a mcdonald's m turned it on its side so it has a very distinctive look to it I, I guess that's important that it's got to look good.
1: It does. Uh, look, I, I think there are parts of this car that do look good, but in generally, to me, it, it uh, in general, it looks like a bullfrog. And I've always thought Bugattis look like a bullfrog from the front. So. Rather like Bentleys, I just don't like them and never will.
0: Now, looking good was the first Ford GT40. You know why it was called 40? Of course, it was 40 inches tall. Now they've come out uh, a little while ago with a Ford GT, and now they've got an upmarket version. Does it look much different?
1: I don't think it does. I'm sure if I saw them side by side, uh, you know, I'd, I'd have a, a different view. I've never sat in one of these, let alone driven one, but I have seen people trying to get into them and it looks like they're trying to origami themselves into a... uh an envelope. The picture here,
0: which is at a sort of a wheel level, shows the car as having a very big solid body and the roof line is cut down very, very low. It's almost like one of those American cutdown jobs, which is an exaggeration, as if to make a point. I would think you as a what, a six foot tall guy trying to get into it yep. would not be easy.
1: Well as you know, David, I don't even fit into an M X five. Um, you know bits of me sticks out the top you know so thank goodness that they have soft roofs that one doesn't i rather fancy my uh Buffon Coiffeur would be resting on the ceiling.
0: 470 kilowatts. It weighs, what, about 1,200 kilograms. They say it's got the best power-to-weight ratio uh, in the world. I don't know if that's right. But talking about getting hard to get into, the Seg Agera RS. Now, this, in order to be able to get into, I think, better, it has some rather unusual doors to it.
1: Yeah. It, it, again, this you know, speaking of origami, this thing looks like it's a uh, half-transformed transformer. What an amazing-looking yes. thing! Yes. I can't work out from the picture how you even get into it because it looks like half of it pivots backwards. And, like, the whole roof section piv- pivots backwards and the doors sort of pivot forwards.
0: The doors sort of turn vertical. There's a long door mm. and it's almost, you know, it must be on almost turntable sort of thing. So it turns vertical and it's the the roof is got appears to have retracted somewhere if it was there at all. And uh, I guess that makes it much easier to get in. They've got the back part of the car that covers the engine that uh, tips up to a great height which I guess uh, looks spectacular but you're right it's a transformer halfway through its metamorphosis isn't it
1: yeah Uh, and interestingly about those doors I can't remember which one it was now but I did test a car many years ago that had doors not unlike that, and they went forward so far, so far that a bit of it would um, hit the footpath if you were parked too close.
0: Yes, yes, I hadn't thought of that.
1: That's why cars like uh, the Aston Martin Rapide, for example, the doors all look quite low, but when you open them up, they kind of hinge up on an angle so that the trailing edge of the door is about oh, a good six or eight inches higher than the leading edge of the door when it's open, so that it avoids the footpath.
0: I love that idea on any car. Now, the image of the good old boy American, the Dodge Challenger SRT Demon, is that uh, uh, showing that the Dukes of Hazzard is still a respectable American icon?
1: Oh, my word, yes. Gosh, that car speaks to me, it really does. There's, oh. there's not a bit of me that doesn't want to have that car on the driveway.
0: Oh, okay. This is sort of Mustang with a bit more attitude.
1: It is, and it does take me back to those Dukes of Hazard days all those many years ago. I can imagine a Daisy Duke washing that in her uh, cut-off jeans.
0: (laughs) Well, the thing about it is it's a car you could fang around, and it's not one of these supercars that are so expensive that you wouldn't dare take it out of the garage. This is the one... That you would feel comfortable smoking the tires or pushing around with your your arm, your elbow out the window, and probably have an air horn under the bonnet.
1: Yes, one of the Colonel Bogey air horns. Hmm. A, a friend of mine uh, who writes for one of the American publications had one of uh, the well, the, the model before this, or the year before this, I should say, and apparently it flat out he could empty the tank in about half an hour. Yeah. Well, I don't
0: know that it's been designed for wind resistance, so I would think that if you do push it rather hard, you might start using fuel. Without going to the exotic, the Alfa Romeo Stelvio, it is a little SUV-ish type
1: car. Is that where Alfa Romeo should head? Sadly, uh, I mean, I'm not an SUV person, but sadly, I think if uh, any car maker is going to stay in the market they're going to have to have an SUV of some kind however that thing is just hideous it's awful.
0: I once raced an Alfa Romeo sports wagon first diesel in fact it was before diesels were actually launched in Australia I borrowed it and uh, fanged it around for a bit that wasn't too bad but you don't like this one it's it's got these very low profile tires but a sort of almost hatchback type thing. The front nose looks a bit rounded too. Looks a little bit of a blob to my mind.
1: It does, David. Look, and and I think there are some things that are just wrong. You look it up in the dictionary and it's wrong. And an Alfa Romeo SUV, no, I'm sorry, no, it's not for me. Alfa Romeos over the last few decades have been a bit hit and miss anyway. Uh, and I think this is just a, a complete mess. What about the Honda
0: Civic Type R? I believe it's just done very well racing around the ring. I see it's got three lit- uh, exhaust pipes, two big ones and one li- littler one in the middle, and it's got that Honda look at the back, where the tail lights look a little bit of stoplights around the edge, a bit like a boomerang gone wrong.
1: At launch, the um, sedan, uh, I, I was, I couldn't make up my mind whether I liked the look of it or not. And the sedan and the hatch now have a a similar kind of look about them. But that Type R, that looked absolutely fantastic in that video, and I can't wait to get my hands on one.
0: Making the back of a big SUV look good or even distinct, I think, is hard. Everyone seems to put a little bit of effort into the front, perhaps with the exception of the F-Pace Jaguar, which I think is uh, particularly nice in its own style, with little hints almost back towards the E-Type Jaguar. But now the Genesis GV80 Concept The rear of the car
1: certainly looks different. Do you like it? The rear face, yes, very much. I think that looks very smart. But that back window, the back uh, side window, I think that's just, no, that, that doesn't work for me at all.
0: Now, the back has lights which are really two strips that go around. Uh, they look like little vents almost. Uh, it has a little yeah. bit of futuristic look, but the back window you're talking about is very pointed, isn't it? It swoops up mm. into a very, a very sharp point.
1: It does, and it reminds me of one of those Ssangyongs that um, for so long I thought were just not very attractive. But getting back to those taillights for a minute... Have you seen those before, perhaps on an Aston Martin Lagonda from about 35-odd years ago?
0: I'll look that up. I hadn't thought. Yes, 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 it comes back to me now.
1: That was one of those cars that was considered a miss at the time, but now, you know, they were they were probably ahead of their time. Most of the car was just capsule inside two big wedges at either end, but, by God, what a magnificent-looking thing it was. Talking
0: about big SUVs, the Lexus UX concept. Gee, uh, Toyota or derivatives, they really do think that one bulge and one line is good, so 20 times, that must be 20 times better, I'm not so sure.
1: Well, I think this is one that's either going to look fabulous or horrendous in the flesh. They're going for a very large coupe shape. And Toyota did that, as you know, with that chr.
0: That's the little SUV and they've got lines and creases all over it. They did. I thought they took it to in a certain direction, quite away in a certain direction. This one here though, looks just a little bit too toy to me.
1: To be honest, I'm going to reserve judgment on this until I see one you know, a model of it or something in the flesh, because that, frankly, isn't a very good picture.
0: No. Well, we'll have, we'll try a couple of pictures and see what they look like. The Toyota FT4X concept. We're talking about Tonka cars. I, I think this really is along the line. But again, that point you made, that they really are trying to make it just look like a two-door car, where the front handle is visible, but I think there's a second door, but you can't really see how to open it unless you know the secret.
1: That's absolutely right. Look, I like the look of this car very much. I've always liked the um, FJ Cruiser. I thought that looked fantastic based on an FJ40 or whatever that one was from about 40-odd years ago. I think this looks, uh, again, a little bit transformerish. There was one comment I would make. It looks like the front of the car, and the back of the car are from two different cars,
0: two different designers. The front actually bulges yep. a bit, and the back looks a little bit more restrained. So, uh, yeah, I think it it looks out of proportion. Out of proportion, the Honda Clarity Electric. Geez, this looks like one of those cars from wacky races without all the fanfare, but just sort of bland a bit. It's got the back looks like it's yeah. got not quite full spats but the back tyre looks a bit covered. It might be aerodynamic, but I'm not sure I want to be seen in it.
1: It reminds me of a very old, when I was a child, there was a show called UFO. It was a British show, and they had cars in it that they thought we'd be driving in the year 2000. And they all look like these big wedges that somehow or other someone had let the the rear suspension down on. No, I don't like that at all. I think it looks some, I think it's awful. It's got lines all over the place and it, it, it the back of it looks like the tyres are flat and no, it's no good.
0: It looks like it was built for function and uh, they just tried to make the lines as round and as smooth as possible. But Honda has also gone even further in some other direction with the Project 2 and 4 concept. This looks like... Well, they've got such low-profile tyres on the front. It looks almost like the old wooden wheels on it.
1: Yeah, it'll be really nice when it's finished.
0: (laughs) Yes, the seat seems to be sitting to the side, and it's sitting out in the open. I've got no idea where you would want to use that.
1: Well, I have a feeling that that's the the passenger's seat and the driver's actually in the thing. It looks a little bit like a bike and a sidecar.
0: Well, it's got something down the middle which divides the Mm. two at about right up to about almost chest level and the two Mm. seats are sitting in the open on the outside. I guess it might give you a thrill. I wouldn't like to be in a a side impact, a a rollover or any other type of (laughs) crash.
1: Well, the good thing about concepts is they're never going to have to do that but that looks like it's it's a, a surfboard with a running board either side with a seat attached. So I don't know. It looks kind of cool.
0: Oh, okay. You think that it's uh, out there and and makes a completely different statement altogether.
1: I think that again with concepts, it's rather like getting back to that fashion show analogy that I used. It shows what a car company can do. Some will make it into production. Some won't. Some aspects will make it into production. Some won't. And this is just showing us that they, you know, what they can do if uh, the designers had just let run riot.
0: I think riot might be the right word. Nissan 370Z, a little more traditional car, never what I thought was a pretty car. They've rounded the edges a bit, still got that Nike swoosh in the reverse direction for the back tail lights. I'll say that it. I think they've made it better looking, but that still might be damned by faint praise. What What do you feel about it?
1: I I love a 370Z, I, I like driving them, I, I like sitting in them, I like being in them, but I think this is a bit done to death. I think this um, whole shape has been around for far too long and they really did need to try something completely new. The sales have tanked in Australia of the current model and I think that uh, the reason for that is that it just looks old.
0: Yeah, I spoke to a dealer today who said it might be selling well in the beach suburbs, in sydney for example but not much more finally just uh, very quickly the porsche 911 gt3 i've got to say i think i've just grown tired of the 911 look there used to be a way to where the any new 911 didn't make the old one look bad and it looked better this time and it still can be quite good but oh i don't know i i think it's has it been around too long?
1: Oh well, I think you've fallen for the. Uh, I think you've fallen for what they were trying, David. That's actually that car is actually forty years old. They've just been sticking different bits on the outside of it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, it has. It has been around far too long. I think again that shape's been done to death. It wasn't a nice shape to begin with. And I think when I get into a car, I like to be able to tell which way the car is going to go.
0: It's probably more aerodynamic going backwards than it is going forwards. The other thing, when they first made the first 356, someone described it like a shower soap container turned upside down.
1: That's exactly what it looked like.
0: They've raved about it for a long time, but... Maybe enough's enough, I, I, I think, in that regard. Alan, it's been wonderful to talk to you. I thank you greatly for your time.
1: I think next time, David, you and I should get a first-class ticket and go over ourselves.
0: I think we'd better look at them more personally. Photos just aren't doing enough for it. I think you're quite right. We need the detail. <laughs> and that was Alan Zervis, a motoring journalist, and we were talking about cars on display at the latest New York Motor Show.